Pandemonium Reigns. Hey, friends and family, we're back. Pandemonium Reigns, all up in your speakers and in your ears and in your business. Hope you had a wonderful holidays, a Merry Christmas, a wonderful New Year, that you had all the memories with your family. Pandemonium That you enjoyed Reigns. the loss of Bama. Just kidding. Uh, we got Bama listeners out there. We love you guys. Love you guys. We're going to talk about it. Uh, and actually, I'm going to put a lot of respect on Saban and Bama. All jokes aside. So we're going to again, we're going to talk about the Rose Bowl. We're going to talk the Sugar Bowl. In another episode, we'll recap Nico Iamaliaba and the Citrus Bowl. And coming up shortly after that, we'll be previewing. God's gift to us, that is the national championship game. Let's begin the Rose Bowl. Number one, Michigan takes down four seed Alabama 27-20 in overtime. I just want to begin this way, my dude. Let's hear it. If people saw my personal Instagram, if they saw the podcast TikTok, they saw me shouting for joy, man, for, for this Alabama loss. And seriously, seriously, here's where this this generates from. Okay, rival school. I, I don't root for the conference. I'm not about that life. What has the success of uh, the rest of this conference done for my university? When a recruit goes and visits Alabama or Florida or Georgia, I want less trophies in their trophy case. Okay, so that's part of it. It's my rival. The second part of it is, how many times have we seen Bama in the Natty in the last 15 years? Over it? 27. Tired of it? Done, right? Yeah. So with that said, the respect that needs to go on Nick Saban's name for this coaching job and what he has done this year. You know, this is something that you and I have talked about a little bit. I texted one of our one of our friends, JP, about this. I just said, listen, man. Don't take my Instagram to heart because Saban arguably needs to be coach of the year. He definitely needs to be in the coaching conversation. Consider this, right? We're going into this season, and he walks away with Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele. And everybody's looking at him going, what? Are you okay? Are you fine? Yep. You obviously did not get the guys that you wanted. So let me let me, let me fork in the road this way. One – you got the guys that you wanted. You saw things that nobody else did. Applause to you. Yeah. Two, you didn't get the guys that you wanted, and you just made them better. The progression of Tommy Reese needs to go down in NCAA history mon monumentally and that job yeah. that he has done. He, like, real quick before we keep going, he's – He's not going to go through the rehab program that we joke about with Nick Saban oh, years weird. to come from now. Yeah. Because he's getting set up. He's getting fast tracked right now uh -huh. for just monumental success, I think. Yeah. Uh, when you look at what their offense looked like, Texas and USF, uh, you know, maybe even like Ole Miss, that was just a weird game. But, you know, the way that it's gone after their bye week down the stretch, there's not any rehab program as far as coaching in his future. That dude is getting set up for success right now. 
yeah. at, I, I think in, in his future, the highest levels that he wants. Dude, that's that, that's another great point. He didn't go through the rehab program. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd be really yeah, he, curious. He's going through the prehab program right now, getting on the fast track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be really curious to know where Tommy Reese especially landed on the wish list for Saban. Where did he yeah. exactly? But the progression of that offense, you know, Paul Kubelik at one point in the season defined their offense as, you know, fallen mud on first down, trip <laughs> over your own sneeze on second down, you know, wet your pants on third down, and you fumbled the ball, pick it up, throw a bomb, touchdown. That was their offense. Yep. You know, all jokes aside, <clears throat> tell me one person who – Going into this season, said, "Hey, Jalen Milrow is going to throw the best, one of the best deep balls in the country." Dude, absolutely not. Nobody's absolutely saying, nobody. Nobody's saying. Everybody's saying, "Oh, they're going to run him to death." They're going to run. Yep. They turned him into a pretty dang prolific quarterback in my mind. You know, I don't, I don't want to hang out on all this stuff too much because we really need to talk about the game. But Jalen Milrow, yeah. 23 touchdowns on the year, six picks, better than Joe Milton, by the way, 2,800 yards. I mean, pretty dang impressive. And and he what, he, he was sat for the USF game. If he plays in the USF game, is that a different outcome? Probably, you know. But maybe he's one of the one of those guys who who needed to be sat so he can kind of get, you know, his his butt in gear. Nonetheless, man, applause, respect to Nick Saban. I mean, seriously. Yeah, you, you, you can't not, after a journey like this one, beating Georgia, um, you know, dragging this team from uh, – I think Kublik nailed it, where his description of the offense early in the season. Yeah. Just, just everything, especially the offensive line, improving as the season went. Um, and then you look at how they performed in the Rose Bowl – and I don't think you can hold more than half of that against them because Michigan's front and their play calling. Let's not ignore that. We'll get to it, I'm sure. But yeah, their play calling was exceptional. Uh, now that gets a little risky this season when you talk about some of the stuff that they've been involved in. But if Connor Stallions had information on Alabama, then props to him because how did you know you're going to see them in the in the Rose Bowl? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just an exceptionally called game. A really really stout front. I can't wait to see. Washington's quick moving, moving how quickly they move the ball. Phoenix is good as he's playing right now. The three receivers plus that they have, I can't wait to see that matchup that we're going to talk about later on. But I mean, seriously, the improvement, outstanding, true coach of the year material. Uh, it's it's a bit of a shame. You know, I'm not sad for Saban because he deserves it, but you know, I'm not sad for him with all the accolades that he's got. It, it's it sucks for him that that Drinkwitz turned Missouri around in year uh, four, I guess it is yeah. now. Yeah. Um, because that's really the only thing taking away the, the coach of the year honors for him and just what an amazing, amazing flip of the script for them from early weeks in, in this season. And props to Milro for limiting himself to six picks because he was on a nasty trajectory early in the year. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. And I would also say, you know, we went into the twenty two season saying, man, this is going to be Seven's best work as far as a roster goes. It was one of their worst seasons under him, which is crazy because it was still 10-2. And, yeah. and then this this come around 23, we're looking at it going, ah, oh, what has he got? 
you know, look at the receiver room, which we highlighted going into this game. Jalen Milrow, you know, uh, Will Anderson is gone. You know, can Dallas Turner pick up slack? And look what he does. He goes to the playoffs. Goes to the playoffs. Beats Georgia and Atlanta. I mean, props to the guy. Absolute props to the guy. All right, let's talk about it. So, on the topic of Jalen Milrow, 16 for 23, 116. And I think, I shouldn't have led with that stat. Here's how I want to lead. Isn't it funny how Alabama loses this game in overtime after all the mistakes by Michigan, which I believe I'm stealing your content here, man. You are, you're, you're stealing my thing. And, and really that's, that's more before we get into the beat and potatoes, because it's just for all the love and, and respect that we just gave Saban, it's, it's still, it's actually never going to stop shocking me when they lose a game where Michigan made as many mistakes as they did for one and attempted to make about 12 more fatal mistakes, whether it be the first play of their, their offensive game with J.J. throwing the, what was that, bro? It looking like yeah. he was going to suck yeah. it up. Yeah. And then him flipping it around. Credit yeah. to him. We'll get to that. Yeah. The guy, my, my gosh, swapping your punt returner with seconds to go in the game and him fielding the ball. Again, yeah. I'm cutting you. I'm sorry, bro. You you earned it. Out. You earned it. You out. Um, oh, NIL money for you, baby. Yeah. It, it still shocks me that Tennessee beat Alabama in 2022 when you consider the gift, the gift that Hinton Hooker and Jabari Small gave, I believe, Dallas Turner on the pickup and walk in. Things like that don't happen, and you beat Alabama. That's what they don't happen. That's maybe where we're seeing signs of, you know, Georgia, A&M, other programs uh, stockpiling some of the talent. That's that's been to go around. Maybe signs of Saban's age. Certainly signs of like we just talked about the staff that he's kind of left with at times, uh, rather than maybe holding on to his guys, you know, for eternity or until they get a head coaching job or a defensive line coach becomes a coordinator. You know, you name it. Things yeah. like that are certainly catching up. But they just they made so many mistakes. They attempted to make even more, and they they weren't going to be denied. Can you imagine? I mean, we've, we everybody talks about how this is a game of inches, right? If Caleb Downs is able to reset his foot by inches, by inches, yeah, catch that ball, come down with it. Michigan opens their opens the game, opens their first series with a turnover, a ugly one. You know, that's arguably the play of the game because if that's very much up there, if that's a pick, you might break their back at the beginning. I mean, if if you if you force them to start playing from behind early, I'm not saying that they can't do it, but you you've, you put this leverage in Bama's favor because I don't think Bama's built to come back by any means. I think they're built to kind of hit you in the mouth early and kind of stay on yep. top of you. But here I am as a Tennessee fan saying this, and they came back on us. But nonetheless, I'm, my point is arguably play of the game, call of the game. I think they got it right. I think it was the right call. Yes. Obviously, yeah. it comes from out of bounds. But if if he can get that foot inches inside, I think we're looking at a whole completely different narrative. I just I couldn't agree more. I mean, I really couldn't. Uh, the other thing that you look at is, you know, maybe not. Now, here's the thing. Do they throw the pick? And then do they also muff, you know, Bama's ensuing punt? Uh, because that was another, th- again, a moment where I'm like, Michigan is either, they're either tighter than, you know what, they're the tightest team on the face of the earth. 
Yeah. Or they are so they're playing so high, so emotionally that they're just they're going to kill themselves in the first quarter. Still, my thought, even though they survived the pick with him being out of bounds or jumping from out of bounds, they survived the muff punt, which was again egregious. Now that's the guy that I'm saying should have left in the game. They're late. Yeah. Maybe Harbaugh, you know, maybe Harbaugh made the right call, yeah. but they still they they just within inches of of disaster and and truly a disaster on the muff punt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder how it would have played out. I'm with you. I think it's super impactful, um, even though Alabama still goes down and scores first coming off of the hills of the month. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, going into this in the preview episode, I said this game will – the winner of this game will be the one who wins the rushing battle. All right, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, 43 carries. 172 yards. Michigan, 32 carries. 130 yards. Well, I was wrong. I was also well, wrong with my final score. I had Bama 31-27. You were wrong. You had them. You had Michigan 23-17. I mean, you had the yeah. closer than I was. I wonder, as far as Michigan goes, like what has happened to their stable? After Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards was four for eleven with an eight-yard run. So he, yeah. he out of four carries, he he did he did something one time. Yeah, but absolutely. They just and they just rode Blake Corum to death and out, and I think the whole country now sees why. One of uh, his uh, yeah. last touchdown runs, I believe, in regulation was just a thing of. I mean, Walt Disney couldn't have have illustrated that better. Absolutely couldn't. I, I'm I'm with you. I don't know what the deal is with Donovan Edwards. He's uh, with right there with JJ McCarthy. Those are two of your three or so highest rated recruits coming out of high school. You absolutely see when you look at last year why you have that guy on your team because they don't get to where they were last year without him, obviously. Um, but Corm, man, the guy is just got he, he's got the his heart is the size of the state of Michigan. He's and five and eight. It's built out of pure dog, pure dog, and pure. I mean, my gosh, he's barking the entire way on that run. He, it reminded me of Beast Mode, except mm. he is five eight two thirteen. He is not Marshawn Lynch, where Marshawn Lynch might throw a guy five yards, uh, you know, Derrick Henry style before doing it before Derrick Henry emerged in the NFL. Uh, he's going to slip. He's going to he's going to spin out of it somehow. Still going forward as he goes, uh, a much smaller guy as I'm sitting here illustrating and it is so fitting. I think he, he, what did he, what did he take the Michigan all time rushing touchdown record or all time touchdown scored record on that run? Or it was like a single season record. I can't remember which it was so fitting. You're right. Walt Disney couldn't have wrote it up any better. Thing of beauty, man. We, I think we saw how valuable he was put him healthy on that team last year. That TCU game's different. Yeah, that TCU I agree. game's different. He's he's extremely valuable. Um, now let's talk about. Actually, let me let me let me. I said I'm going to softball pitch this to you. I'm not. I'm going to fast pitch it to you. Right. I'm blindsiding you with this. What are your what are your what's your opinion on JJ McCarthy? There's Boy, so many different narratives and, on him. Yes, there are. Uh, up until. Nah, man, I don't know. I can't give you a point in the game or a point in time. 
But when he threw that that first pass of the game, my opinion has, was what it kind of was and, and really solidified it coming into this game that he's a game manager at best. He can't – you know, a little bit different version of Joe Milton. He's not going to win you a game outright. But, you know, a better game manager, I would say, than than maybe a Milton. That's a, not a great example. Certainly not apples to apples. But sure. uh, I would, I, it would have been in the game manager realm. But then when you look at his stat line and – Imagine the emotional toll that must have taken when he sees that when he sees downs and initially Alabama's got the ball. I mean, seriously, yeah, yeah. How do you bounce back from that? Yeah, and he does, and yeah. he manages the game perfectly. Even though I'm I'm not saying right now he's a game manager, I think he's got a much higher ceiling than that. Again, I don't think he's going to go win you a ton of games because that's not what they ask him to do right now. But I think he is more than capable of doing things like that. You don't need to when you can turn around and hand it to a guy, to a guy like Corum, and when you've had the factory. Uh, that Michigan's had at the offensive line position. Um, and now I think that's a two, uh, two-sided coin. I think it's got them in trouble a little bit in terms of they're not going to be really you – know, they're not going to bode well if you do get up on them. Look at TCU. Yeah. It, it's a risk going into the Washington game. It absolutely is, I'll, and we'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always work. But when you have the factory that they've been on the offensive line, you've got Blake Corum, a guy that comes back for a senior year that – or another year that nobody expected him to do so. I mean, it, it works perfectly. Ah, yep, yep. How? Another question for you. Well, hang on, JJ McCarthy, stay there for a second. Yeah, forgive me, I'm all over the sure. place. It's it's the congestion okay. medicine. JJ McCarthy. Jim Harbaugh says he's the greatest quarterback to ever come through Michigan. Now I'm going to agree. That's how I put it. It was it was something along those lines, was it not? I sent it to you. I for you did. Uh, it was something along those lines. So I want to I want to point out something that you said after that initial interception that was over overruled, which should have been. He could have hanged his head, got in his head. Like, what am I doing? But he bounces back in such a spectacular fashion. I think the dude's a gamer. I think he manages the game well. I think he got him, I think he got the offense into some out of some bad calls into the right run check a couple yeah. times. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time, but I'm gonna put some equal value on him as far as Corum would go. You take McCarthy off this team, I don't know that they're doing it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they do it with Cade McNamara. And, and that's gonna be your closest comparison. Yeah, and, and your and your most recent comparison, absolutely. And and Jim said this is the greatest quarterback in the University of Michigan history. So right. if you want to talk close. about you are really close. My only issue is if, you know, to come through, that makes me – if you say the greatest to come through Michigan, I'm going to go to Brady. If you say the greatest quarterback in the University of Michigan history, that'll that'll take me to the college playing days where I will consider J.J. McCarthy and not just jump sure. to Tom Brady. Sure. That, that's fair. But, I mean, even still, in inside of Tom Brady, Brian Greasy, you know, there's some – there's some – there's some – legends in there oh yeah oh yeah so, anyway 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 so all right <laughs> i want to do this that was that game was epic overtime i mean the second half alone holy cow 
the turnovers, the the mistakes, the 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 bouncing backs, the the muff punts, the the whole thing, just in the second half. You know what this does not prove? Tell me what it don't prove. Any decision that the committee made regarding the playoff, Florida State. Listen, Florida State, I've been behind you. But you're, you're making yourself look like a bunch of idiots saying that, you know, look, committee committee did get it wrong. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That 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 is such a, a dumb argument. For one, hindsight is 2020. Second thing, Alabama lost in overtime. I mean, I mean, gave Michigan all that they could handle. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put something in your ear so you can come back to. I, I do think that Alabama was a bit caught off guard at the physicality of Michigan, especially in the trenches, right? And I, I think they had a lot of issues with the Michigan secondary. I think the Michigan secondary caused a lot of problems. But for Florida State fans to sit here and say, see, they got it wrong, that's just a dumb take. That is a lazy take. Your argument – I hate, I hate to even be going back down this conversation. Your argument has to be logic and resume on what was done, not what was done after the fact of the decision being made. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. All right, so let me go ahead and hit the abort mission because I even kind of regret going there. Thoughts on Alabama being caught off guard, taken back by the level of play, the le- level of physicality. Michigan because there were several plays where well we we could we could go ahead and say that the Michigan front set up camp in the backfield but the but the push and even even there were several plays where Alabama gets positive yards on a scramble drill or a power run something like that but the push that Michigan constantly got out of that front just I mean it surprised me yeah and and what happened? What what basically happened is Michigan can say, "See, we told you we're, we're this is how strong we are. This is our solid play, and we can do it to anyone." The you know what we'll never see is twenty twenty three Michigan or twenty twenty two Michigan versus twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three Georgia. You know, we'll never see them against that team. Uh, but yeah, I would I would say maybe early in the game for sure. If if Nick Saban's ever going to have a team be caught off guard. They should have been caught off guard because it was alarming. Five of the six sacks in the first half, yeah, is unacceptable. And I don't care how good the opponent is, you know. And this maybe is where it, maybe it does come back to Tommy Greasier or the the joint effort. If it's not just him saying, you know, we're going to run it left or whatever, you know, we're going to throw it out to the right, whatever. Uh, you got to adapt, and they did because they only allowed one sack in the second half, you know. And it, another thing is this was a this was not a game with a ton of penalties. They let them play for the most part. I think Alabama had three and Michigan had two for more yardage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's not like there was just a ton of holding going on in the second half where Michigan couldn't get to Milro. I think they did adapt and they they changed their game plan based on what they got presented with very roughly in the first half. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you ever kept Saban off guard, I think that happened. And it, it, it was shocking in the first half, really. Yeah. Even though we've seen Milro. Take 40-something sacks, 44, 46 sacks on the year. It was shocking. 
a ton. And a stat, everybody's talking about the sack stat line. Nobody's mentioning the 10 tackles for loss. Absolutely. I mean, camp was in the backfield. And and think if they if they cut it from six to three, I don't know, you know, cut them in half or take a couple off, whatever. Think then about how how much different the rushing battle would have been won by Bama because it already was by 40 yards. Uh-huh. They're probably winning that thing by 60 yards because it wasn't like they were taking, you know, oh, well, we just took him down where he was dropped back. No, he was running for his life, getting caught, mm-hmm. uh, or it was coming from every angle, outside, inside. It was it was a bunch of explosive sacks that really damaged their numbers, their ability to convert, you know, third and fourth downs. They only went for it once on fourth, I think. Uh, and, you know, they were granted a really, really nice spot on that first touchdown drive after the muff punt. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was alarming, shocking. Yeah, I think it was shocking for viewers as well. You mentioned penalties. <clears throat> what do you make of the no call? On the running into the kicker, on the on the Bama punt, it's a tough look uh, because you know, on one hand, he certainly sold it. I think he certainly held that leg out there for forever, but it's hard to convince me that that's not running into the kicker. You know, the it's five yard version, in- not the. It's the five yard the 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 first down because based on the down and distance to go, it's it's what it was. Right um, now, slow motion is another thing that you and I text about all the time and that, that people talk about all the time. Slow motion does no help to the referees. No. I don't remember seeing many looks at it in like a real-time view. Um, you know, again, nothing egregious, nothing outright, I'm going to hurt this guy, but it was sold for sure. The leg was out there for a minute, no doubt. But it's a penalty. It, it is a penalty, I think. Even if, you, even if you flopped, it was well enough done that I think you earned it. It's a five-yard penalty. Which, which yep. should have gave them a, a new set of downs. And, and that was at the time of the game when Alabama was really doing some some stuff offensively, moving the ball even if they weren't getting points. Yeah, yeah. I would just say this, and this is going to segue well, even if you get that call, Bama fans, and I mean, I've heard this a lot already, we would have won that game had we got that call. Stop. You, you don't know that. Yep. We would have won that game had Seth McLaughlin snapped that ball because we're running RPO. Stop it. You you don't know that. If he swings that ball out, he's still got six yards to go to get there. I, I, and Michigan was whipping blocks all day long. All all day. Especially out in the perimeter. That exactly. Uh, Will Johnson, that dude's for real. Another dog. Another certified dog. dog. Certified dog. Yeah. So I, I don't be a moron. Do not don't do Please. that. Don't don't assume that just because if this would have happened, we 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 want to stop it. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. That's like saying uh, if JG doesn't go rogue in 2019, Tennessee would have won. Shut up. We'd have, we'd, oh, have, yeah. we'd have bombed it somewhere at some point, right? Or in saying, you know what, if, if Eve hadn't ate the apple in the garden, you know what? One of their kids would have, all right? Yeah, <laughs> Somebody. Exactly. Michael Walker would have come along and be like, I want that fruit. Tasty apple. <laughs> uh, you know, another one. Another one that's really actually killing me more is, and it was third quarter, I believe, sometime based on the direction Alabama was going at the time. I mean, it was a crucial down. But McLaughlin had a, a nasty – it was the one that got past Monroe. He retreats. He falls down on it. And that was, I think, second down. It might have been third down already. Um, and there's a lot of hooting hoot and hollering about the Michigan safety that you can see at the top of the screen. He's snapping his leg. What he's not doing, though, he's not doing the defensive delay of game. And I'm calling it that because that's – the penalty term for it when right. you're trying to confuse the center. 
Look at how bad McLaughlin was all game long. All game. All, all season. season long. Listen to the crowd noise, and you're telling me he hears the safety at the at the far end of the defense. Snap his nah. clap his leg, and it sounds like Milrose clap is what you're telling me. I'm sorry. The, the, I've heard people talk about how well Michigan traveled, and props to them. They they certainly did, and and it was loud in that moment. Both teams well represented. It was loud. You can't convince me that that's what that prompted McLaughlin to have another low snap, even if Milrow wasn't expecting it. The issue was not the timing of the snap. The issue was the quality of the snap time and time again. Again, yeah. That, so what a lazy take. What a, Take the loss, man. Just, yeah. Just just take the loss. Yeah. One more, one more bit of game info, uh, uh, conversation, unless you have something else. There, there's something on the stat line that really jumps out to me, and it's in the Alabama rushing department. Okay. Jace McClellan, 14 carries, 14 touches out of the backfield. Well-deserved. Over six yards a carry. 87 yards total with a long of mm-hmm. 34. After that, Justice Haynes, four carries. Jam Miller, a carry. Roy Dell Williams, a carry. I was This is a serious question. Was that their level of distribution throughout the season? Is that how they managed that? I mean, did they just get, go with one guy with a heavy hand? Or with the hot hand, excuse me, not the heavy hand, with the hot hand, because I think I thought Justice Haynes needed more touches. I think this yeah. kid's going to be elite. I think he needed more touches. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and obviously, you know, if you're looking at the stats and you're listening to us right now, don't take Milrow into consideration because, again, he was running for his life a lot of times, and yeah. you you see how effective he was. Now, look, his his average is skewed again by the sacks. His, his total yards number uh, skewed by the sacks. Yeah, um, I think he would have been pushing a hundred, man, if not for some of the sacks that they took. Really, I know he's only he's forty yards away, but he's so explosive. But yeah, I don't, I didn't understand. Now, I'm, I'm even saying that Jace McClellan should have got more with that six point two. He was effective. Two touch, two of their touchdowns, uh, their only two touchdowns, excuse me, uh, were him, and he was powerful. He was effective. He, he looked healthy because I know he missed the the SEC championship game with a foot or an ankle or whatever it was. But Roydell Williams, man, he was the one that they went to uh, primarily when McClellan was down, and they gave him one attempt. Yeah, and, and I'm totally, I'm agreeing with you. I think Justin Haynes, Justice Haynes, is going to be a great player for them. Uh, he looks terrifying, frankly. He looks great, and he should have had at least, I think, double what he got. Agreed. 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 Well, listen, man, it was, it was not the two All teams time. that I wanted, not the two teams that I wanted. It was the outcome I wanted, obviously. I think it should have been Florida State. I think Michigan would have hammered Florida State with the absence of Jordan Travis, but I think they should have been there. What a Rose Bowl it was, though. I mean, what a way to to end the four-team playoff era. I don't know if you if you know this or not, but the, the, the four-team playoff era is bookended by a national champion – Ship that doesn't contain uh, an SEC contender. Put it in my veins, baby. Put it into in them. In my veins. All right. Any other thoughts on this game before we close it out? No, nah, man. I don't think so. Just again, the overarching theme: surprised that Alabama lost this game, considering Michigan's mistakes and the other ones that they attempted. But I think we've, I think we've pretty well covered it. Uh, couldn't agree more on how epic of a game it was. I. I think it's just that environment. The granddaddy brings it out. Uh, you look back at, you know, 
George and Oklahoma six years ago, how, how crazy that was. Uh, I just think it's a special place, and we got, and again, an all-timer from, from that venue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it was a barn burner. I, I can't wait to see the viewership numbers on this game when whenever that drops. It might have already. I'm not real sure. Oh, it's record-setting. There's been some maybe early, early returns are record-setting for sure. Hey, you know what? Let's end the segment this way. This way, since we're talking about the Rose Bowl. Kirk Herbstreet says the national championship game should be held in the Rose Bowl every single year. What are your thoughts on that with five minutes left? I hate, I hate that from one perspective. I love it from so many perspectives. But my only thought is, I mean, think about the people that will never go to it. Is all, is all I'm going to say. All the local fans of the Southeast, all the fans that can't make the trip across the country, I think that's your benefit of having, you know, having it in New Orleans in a Sugar Bowl. Uh, that you know, Texas presents multiple as it played multiple good, you know, whether it's Jerry World or NRG where it's going to be this year. Uh, I think the Mercedes Benz in Atlanta needs it every now and then. Nashville is going to be on the on the horizon with the venue that they're building up there. It's going to be absolutely. You can't tell me it's not going to be a bowl site or a, a destination place to play games when you talk about the upgrade that that'll be over Nissan Stadium and Nashville's explosion, frankly. Uh, so I love it from from. Every angle, every angle except accessibility. The angle that I also don't like, in addition to what you just said, is what if Southern Cal makes it? What if UCLA makes it? You know, I mean, and, yeah. and they're going up against, you know, a, a Miami or a Rutgers. That's just a joke. It's just an example, y'all. Chill. <laughs> Chill. Uh, for teams that are jumping three and four time zones, right? Uh, that's one reason I don't like it. Two, I do think that the Rose Bowl is the most prestigious of them all. However, you still have three other really prestigious bowls in my mind in the Fiesta, in the Sugar, and in the Orange. I would still yeah. like to, like the BCS days, see, the, see that to continue in, in them rotating. I would like yeah. for the Cotton Bowl to enter that conversation because there's a lot of tradition and history there. I don't want to get into the conversation of Nashville and Atlanta just because of it just doesn't quite mean what these other bowls mean, you know, what, what, totally what the fair. OB, what the Rose Bowl means, what the sugar means. I say you keep it between those four. If you want to get into the Cotton Bowl, five, sure. Atlanta is probably right there on the brink of conversation, but we're talking about the Peach Bowl entering the conversation. Meh, doesn't do anything for yeah. me. But nonetheless, all right, want to know your thoughts on that. We hadn't, something that you and I have not even talked about even off the air. Michigan advances to the national championship, defeating the Tide, 27-20. Let me take a minute to tell you about our friends over at North Forsyth Training and Fitness, located at 4015 Brownsbridge Road. I was actually there this morning. If you're looking for a new gym that's in the coming area and you're ready to change your life, whatever, listen, man, NFTF is the place for you. Owner, head coach, Jesse Foster, good friend of mine. He's got all the credentials all the experience to help you reach your goals. Classes in the morning, classes in the afternoon. He's getting ready to add more classes throughout the day, some open gym classes. You'll go through uh, 10 one-on-one -on -one training sessions to make sure that you're not going to jack your body up because he is interested in you. If you're looking for the gym, you're looking for this is the time, man, right, to change your life. It's January. Everybody's setting goals. Contact Jesse Foster today, 706 633 6609. 
Tell him the boys at Pandemonium Reigns sent you. Part two of today's episode, we're going to talk about the Sugar Bowl. God gave us the Rose Bowl, and God gave us the outcome. And then he was like, just wait. There's more. Watch this. <laughs> Washington defeats Texas 37-31. to 31. We both picked Washington. And I just want to highlight, as we go into this, that I told you, listener, that Washington can do this thing where they say, you name your style of play. We'll do it. Here's what they did that night. They basically said, we want to beat Texas in the air. We want to eat you alive with the big play. And they did. Washington, Dylan Johnson, 21 carries, 49 yards. Michael Penix, three carries, 31 yards. Tybo Rogers, five carries, 19 yards. Why am I listing these names? Because collectively, 31 carries, 102 yards. If you tell me that stat line in any game, I'm probably not picking that team that goes 31 for 102, which is a hair over a three-yard uh, per carry average. Probably not doing it. But Michael Penix sits back in his purple and says, hold my beer and watch me thread this needle. This guy is electric. He is unbelievable. And I cannot wait to see how his game translates into the NFL. I'm not saying he's a guaranteed success. I'm not saying he's a bust because I think it's a lot like the five-star prospect when it comes from high school to college. You just don't know until they take the field. I don't think we're going to know until he actually takes the field in the NFL, but I can't wait to watch it because his arm is live. And he sees the whole dang field, dude. If there is an open guy, he's not going to miss him. If there is a receiver that he can throw open, he will do it. He will do it. He he's can do it. This, tell, me, tell me a part of this game that Michael Penix lacks that he doesn't have in his arsenal. Because the kid's got it all in my mind. He's absolutely got it all. Uh, you know, this is – and look. I love, I, I love, and I think it's correct that Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. But if there's every year where it should have been two guys, my yeah. God, Michael Penix Jr., what a guy. I mean, seriously, everything that you just described, you, you remember last year, and we're about to, we're, we're getting close to previewing the national championship game. Do you remember last year when we were sitting around like, what can TCU do to even come close to Georgia? And I was like, well, we probably both said it. Man, Duggan's going to have to throw some guys open. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not going to have time. They're not going to yeah. have windows. He's going to have to throw some guys open. Yeah. Phoenix would have been the perfect opponent, I think, for your classic Alabama, you know, when they had Deshaun or they had Lawrence. Your 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 modern Georgia, you know, what they face, what they present offenses now. Yeah. His timing, his his vision, like you're saying, it's just unbelievable. He's fearless, but he's not like he's not like a risky type of gunslinger. I mean, yeah, oh, he's yeah. got some turnovers because yeah. you're, everybody's going to. And he, he could get you in trouble from time to time. He's also very likely to dig you out of that hole if he put you, puts, puts you in it. I mean, he's amazing. And these receivers, man, are they're a blast to watch. This might be one of the greatest passing offenses we've ever seen. And and you, you have to put them with that 2019 LSU team, right? If you're yeah. saying, hey, Dan, pick one. You're building a team. You have to start with a passing offense. Are you taking 2019 LSU or are you taking 2023 Washington? You're going to have to talk me out of taking Washington, I think. Yeah, I mean, 
if anything, I'm biased because of uh, I just think I Justin Jefferson and uh, uh, gosh, the Bengals receiver from Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase are amazing. Uh, as as you know, I got a lot of love for Burrow as well. But you're totally right. It's splitting hairs. It is, you know, probably any given day, maybe a different answer because they they're just unbelievable. And what a guy Kalen DeBoer is, huh? Dude, right? This is. I mean, we talked. We praised Saban in, in, in segment one, talking about the Rose Bowl. Not enough conversation around Kalen DeBoer. Now, a lot of people are going to say, "I'm glad you said this." A lot of people are going to say, "Well, he's built his team around 24 and 25 year olds," and it's not wrong. It's not illegal. And you know what? Uh, how how old was that? A minute last uh, last January. How, yeah. Okay. So my, I mean, how old was Hendon Hooker when he left Tennessee? Perfect. Perfectly fair. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, so they didn't recruit well of high school. They went and did it in the places you could. All right? So props yeah. to them. And, you know, when Michael Penix entered the portal, tell me all the teams who didn't have access to him. Nobody. They all had access to him. So it was a level playing field. All right? So I don't want to hear that argument. I really don't want to hear that argument. And that's not a shot at anybody because I've had a couple people text me about that. It's not a shot. It's just my thought. You mentioned Phoenix in the Heisman conversation and, and Daniels winning that thing rightfully. Agreed. I agree. However, take Michael Phoenix, what he's done on the field, take his stat line, take his plays, and put him in a Texas uniform. Put him in a Gator uniform and tell me he doesn't win it. You know that's 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 the exact moment. Look, ma- look, maybe I'm maybe I'm an ass- assumptive person, and I'm just not giving the Hosman voters any rec- any any credit because they don't deserve it. You know, and that would have been their perfect scenario where they were then able to take the best player on the best team is what that would have been. Yeah, maybe they're turning over a new leaf. That's kind of the indication I get with with Daniels winning it. Look, he he edged him out quite substantially in some areas, and. You know, Phoenix doesn't run like he used to because he's had a couple of ACL surgeries and he's still doing these things. But I'm, I'm with you, man. I think in that moment, you put him in that that burnt orange or you put him in – you put a gator on the side of his helmet or, you know, God forbid, he's got a number on the side of his helmet and he's playing right. in crimson or something like that. Right. And you try to convince me that he's not holding the Heisman in New York City and you're not going to based on the way the vote has gone prior to this year. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. One uh, one more thing on this. We talked in segment one how maybe Bama was a little surprised at the physicality of Michigan. Tell me the whole world. And tell me I didn't call it. You did? How surprised people were at the physicality of Washington. Those dudes are filthy when it comes to like playing with aggressive hands and, and like getting all up in your business, dude, those guys are physical. The push that they got on those four and five stars of that offensive line of Texas, the push that they got against that front seven, the, 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 the time that at, at, at times, not every time that Phoenix had against a, against an elite Texas front. Right, I mean, the, the, yeah. the, those dudes are going pro. 
They're going to oh, play yeah. in the NFL. Sweat well, I mean, is a first-rounder. Dude, that is – especially on Texas defense. I mean, that's their best position group, maybe on the team. You know, you talk about the combo of yours, Mitchell, Worthy. That's a great combo. Uh, but that defensive line unit, man, you saw what they did in Tuscaloosa. You saw what they did all season long. That's right. probably their best unit on the team, certainly on their defense where they're they're not quite there yet at, you know, at every linebacker spot, certainly not at every defensive back spot. That's that's an elite unit, just like you're saying, filled with future pros, future yeah. really good pros, I think. Yeah. And and it, it like nothing more to me can hammer home that whatever style Washington needs to play, they're going to play it. However yeah. it needs to be done, they're going to do it to win. They feel like a team of destiny. And, and look, Michigan does too when we talk about the way that, you know, and, and you need a certain amount of destiny and a certain amount of luck to go your way to get to this point uh, unless you are just seven deep full of five stars like like certain teams have been. Yeah. But they, they feel like a team of destiny. They play like one. I think they have that belief, you know, within their guys that you that you got to have obviously to be there as well because the things they are doing yeah. are just so much fun to watch. It's like – it's like when you first saw, you know, uh, the Rams explode under Kurt Warner and those guys. It's it's oh, like yeah. that feeling. Oh, great! Point. It takes you back yeah, to yeah. that. Um, I'm a little I'm a little jaded looking back as a as a child as a as a youth back about because of the Titans losing to them in the fashion they did. But it, it's very similar, man. It, it, it's 2019 LSU, 2022 Tennessee, but way better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. that's the feeling that I get, and it's it feels good to watch. It's it's so fun to watch. Yeah. No, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, as good as Washington was, as physical as they were, as on their game as they were, I mean, Texas put up 498 yards of total offense. Washington yeah. put up 532. So here's my point. As as good as Washington was, I think the difference in this was that C.J. Baxter fumble in the second half. Texas was just never really able to come back from that and 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 overcome it. Yeah. And and look, you had you had three running backs put the ball on the ground four times. Uh, you know, you only lose two of them, but that's tough, man. When you're talking about running backs, guys that their job, I mean, their number one job when they get the ball is hold yeah. on to it. And yeah. and you have you have uh, you have Baxter fumble once. You have Blue lose the fumble another time. Uh, Keelan Robinson fumbled twice per ESPN, didn't lose either one of them. I, I actually struggled to find that, uh, thinking back to what, watching the portions of the game that I watched and, and then the highlights that I've seen since. But ball security, it, it kills. It is much like the Michigan-Alabama game was, was a true, pure game of inches. Yeah. Find another pillar of the game, and it's ball security, and especially when you can't hold on to it you know, with, with guys that are supposed to do that, like a running back. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, all of this just sets up narrative-wise so beautifully for this upcoming national championship game with with what I would call like a traditional Michigan, put the ball on the ground, quarterback who can manage the game, but he's got some playmaker in him and, a, and an elite defense. And Washington with a really good defense as well with a prolific passing attack and a more than capable running game. Now, Dylan Johnson is a conversation that we need to get into because they they really just don't give anybody touches after him. And yeah. he's going to be going into this game uh, with a leg injury. He was only 21 for 49 on the ground 
Which I mean, that's how we started this thing, right? Thirty-one total for for a buck two. <laughs> so, just sets up so well for Monday night, and and I just absolutely cannot wait. I've never I, Monday night football got a new meaning, baby. Whole new meaning. The uh, saving grace of Monday night football. Yeah, uh, it, it it should be. You know, I just hope that whoever wins it, because here's the other beautiful thing: when the SEC gets left out. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who wins it. <laughs> but I just hope it's half as good as these two bowl games were, these, these first round games. Yeah. And I will say, Big Ten, you don't get to claim Washington. Not nope. They ran nope. through a Pac 12 schedule. Not a not a Big Ten West schedule. Chill the heck out. Yeah, Still way more it. impressive in 2023 than running through what Iowa and Wisconsin and half of the East played, you know, talking about West opponents. Yeah. Way yeah. more impressive, even though you had a, a you know a Heaviest top two. You got. A, you certainly got a team in contention for a title. You had a very top-heavy conference. They were much more, much more parity going on in the, in the Pacific Conference. Pacific, yeah. Hey, one more thing, game-related. Unless you have something, I want to talk about Quinn Ewers for a second and Ad Mitchell. I just kind of feel bad for Quinn Ewers, man. I really do. You know, coming out of high school, he he kind of striked me as egotistical, cocky, and it could have just been the hair. Could have been judged a book by its cover. Maybe it was the fact that he goes off to Ohio State, collects his bag, comes back. But the guy seems he's really likable now. He is. And he's he is he's he's a quarterback who's not getting enough credit. I think that I think the I think the world would perceive him differently if Arch Manning is not behind him. I mean the media days, you tell me you saw this picture. Right. Good God. Where they're Good surrounded God. Manning. I mean, uh, su- summarize the Vol fan base w- with a picture, and, and there it is, right? Yeah. So I just kind of feel bad, but, I mean, listen, his percentage Monday night was not good. You know, he's 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 going to be a hair over 50%, I believe, 24 for 43. Yep. I think that's going to put him in the 60, 60%-ish. Not yep. real sure. 318, got him to score. To a, uh, a, 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 a what? How do I want to wear this? To a an amazing Ad Mitchell. Holy crap! I I I don't think I had enough respect on this guy's name. Ad Mitchell, who has a touchdown catch in every playoff game he's appeared in. That's that's wild. That's wild. Unbelievable! Unbelievable clutch gene. Now here's here. I say all that to get to here. It was obvious in the very last snap. A.D. Mitchell is where Quinn Ewers was going to go, and his mistake was it wasn't there. It it wasn't there. Whether A.D. Mitchell didn't didn't get off well, I I mean, it just just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And as good as Ewers, I believe, has been, don't throw that ball. Don't do it because it's not there. It yeah. reminded me a lot of 2015 Tennessee, Georgia. I forget that quarterback. Grayson Lambert, is that right? Yeah. Throws it and it's not there. And we're able to get it get an easy PBU and, and win that yeah. game. Maybe that was the only option. Maybe that was the play design. If that is, shame on Sarkeesian. I think you need to in that situation, you need to have more than one option. All right. Yeah. They were awesome. They were. I, I thought Ewers and, and Mitchell were fantastic, except for that last play. 
which was yeah. when it really, really mattered. Totally with you, man. Uh, totally with you. You know, I would, I would also consider getting it to a, someone a little bit uh, maybe bigger bodied, even though Mitchell is six four. You know, get it someone who can just if it's got to be a jump ball. I think it would have been a little bit better than a. You got a chance at a rebound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, versus a ball that's kind of like you're talking about with 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 the 2015 Georgia Tennessee game, just swapped right out of bounds. Um, you know what I mean? I think I think there's better opportunities that you can give. Um, but yeah, I've got one one last thing, real petty. Uh, yeah, if, after after you've said everything you want to say, do it, bro. Throw it at me. Okay. All right. Ad Mitchell, Michael Penix, Junior Colson. What do they have in common? Our transfers. Not good enough for Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Oh dear! Don't do that to me. I'm very Here's sorry. The, okay. So was it? Was it? Was it? So I've been listening to a lot of stuff here lately. Was it? Was it Swain? Who said even if he had come to Tennessee, he would have transferred because it was just pure disaster here. It was dysfunction. I think it was him that said that because he's one of the main people that I listen to. Love the guy, uh, but I think that was him that said that. He's probably right, but you never know. I'm actually going to shift my blame to Josh Heupel and and blame him for not getting hired in the 2018 season. I blame it, you. It bro. Is, yeah, totally his fault. Agreed. <laughs> Hey, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode. Hope you enjoyed this recap talking semis in the playoff. If you missed it, you missed it. It, it was it was absolutely fantastic. And I don't think what we got is something that a 12-team playoff can necessarily replicate. Hope it does. Hope it does. Uh, you're going to de devalue the regular season, but that's not what we're talking about this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It would do us so much love if you would just hit like and subscribe. It's no skin off your back. It doesn't, you don't have to. It's not something you have to do, but man, it does so much for us. It's it's better than Christmas as far as the podcast goes. Chill out. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dan. He's Mike. This is Pandemonium Reigns. God bless. Go Balls. Pandemonium Reigns.